0: Well, where did the 24 hours go? It's lovely to be back again. It's lovely to see you all. Um, talking about death is a is a real challenge because most people uh, ignore it. This good old river in Egypt called Denial, well it works, it's, it's flowing very strongly to the concept of death. So yesterday's workshop we did here was wonderful. We spoke about how to survive death. And we spoke about what physical death is, that our bodies are going to get frail and old and fall apart and disintegrate we spoke about the real problem in dying which is emotional the reason that we fear death the thing that makes it so terrible for us is that we we live to have emotions and the thought of never feeling again the thought of not feeling a sunset or sunrise or feeling a child's hug is unbearable for us and then we spoke about spirituality And for those that believe that when this life ends when this body ends that that's the end that's not true there's enough evidence out there to say we're going to go through a door we're going to go into another another dimension and we spoke about that yesterday and and that's about all I could say in spirituality is to say you ain't gonna end when you end you're going to keep on going so it's important that we talk about it and today I want to talk about death from a Christian perspective talk to people that are Christians if you're not a Christian Today is the opportunity to join the team of people that are Christians because there's only good news for us if we're Christians and there's absolutely no good news if we are not. So, let's open in prayer and see where God wants to take us this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the one that gives us life. In you is life. You are the resurrection and the life. And Lord, without you there's no resurrection and there is no life. I pray, Lord, that your words... Will bring us life. That you will be our Lord, and that we may participate in this resurrection that you offer us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Okay. So, question, question time. We've always got to start with a good old question. And the question I have for you is, you know, we we expect you're going to be you're going to be one of the lucky ones, or maybe not so lucky ones. You live to 120. All your buddies and mates and family are going to have passed on. You're 120, and you've been you've been resisting death. You've dug your heels in. You're being dragged along, pluck pluck pluck, off to the old uh, end of life part. And you do, sorry, it's time come for you to end your life, and it ends. And you go through the door. And what are you expecting? Honestly, what are you expecting when you die? What is going to happen on the other side of this life? Have you thought about that? Is that something that you think about? Because if you don't think about that regularly, if you're not thinking about, I'm, I'm going to be going home, this is what it's going to be looking like, then this world is going to look very good to you. You know, cold pizzas, cans of tuna, these things are going to s- seem attractive. But, but if you're looking across, if you're looking beyond the door, and you're expecting something different, what is it that you're expecting? I'm just curious. Because... If we don't have this expectation that we're going to be with Jesus and we don't have the expectation that what God has for us is so much better and so much greater than this life, we're going to hold on to this life quite tightly. But when you realize that this is just an imposter, this is just a not that great compared to where we're going, it allows us to maybe let go and not hold on so tightly, not hold on so much to this life. I know a lot of Christians have a terrible time about this thought that we're going to be dragged into the end of life. And this is, this is something that's very difficult. I've looked after people and they've come into my clinic with prostate cancer. And there's this terrible struggle going on in them. Because we have this belief that God heals us. Anybody believe that God heals them? Yes, God does heal us. We have this belief that God heals us. But when you're not being healed, then there's a crisis in your faith. Because we know that God heals you, so we know God's not going to lie. But why is he not healing me? What have I done wrong? Have I been bad? Has God forsaken me in my time of need has he abandoned me? And this is an absolute struggle for people. And it gets much worse when, when brothers and sisters are dying in Christ and they realize, Ah, oh, my time's come. I'm going home. And the people around them are not allowing them to die. And say, But God will heal you. You have to do this. Hold on to your faith. You lack faith. You don't have faith. You don't believe. And these are things that are harmful to Christians. These are things that are painful to Christians. And it doesn't need to be. I want to start off by reading a, uh, a hymn. That's the word, hymn. I've got to find it. A, a good old hymn, yeah? John Wesley wrote this hymn. I'm not sure when he wrote it. But before, before we start... Before we start talking about death, before I can talk about death to Christianity, and to our faith, and as, as believers, we have to have the right perspective. We have to frame, we have to frame this correctly, and say, we do not, we really do not belong to the world. We are not non-believers. We are very different, and we are very different for this reason. I love this. I'll sing it, but you guys will leave the church. So I won't sing it. Just, I'll just read it. I'll just read it instead. So, soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. Strong in the strength which God supplies through his eternal Son. Strong in the Lord of hosts and in his mighty power, who in the strength of Jesus trusts is more than conqueror. Amen. So, the right perspective is that we are soldiers. Now, if any of you don't know what it means to be a soldier, is that. When you become a soldier and you're conscripted into the defense force, um, you no longer belong to yourself. My son has uh, joined the Navy, and when he went in the day, there was a little stage, and he walked across the stage. And when he went and stood up on the stage, he no longer belonged to the civilian world. He now belonged to was Queen Elizabeth, but he now belongs to King Charles. Everything about him belongs to King Charles. When he wakes up in the morning, belongs to King Charles. When he goes to sleep at night, belongs to King Charles. When he has breakfast, it belongs to King Charles. Because he's a soldier, because he said, I am committing myself to obeying this rule of being under the rule of of the military rule. He follows orders as he's told. He doesn't wake up in the morning and say, Get up, you have to be on the parade ground at 5 o'clock in the morning. He doesn't say, I don't feel like it this morning. I'll go to the program at 5 plus 5. I'll go tomorrow. I'll go this afternoon. Actually, I won't go at all. He doesn't have many choices about what he wants to do. He can't decide. You know, I don't think I'll wear my uniform today. I'll wear some jeans and a T-shirt. Or I might not go. I'll wear my, my swimmers. He doesn't have a choice what he wears. He doesn't have a choice where he dresses. He doesn't have a choice where he goes. He doesn't have a choice whether he gets the vaccination or not. He just gets the vaccination. He doesn't have a choice whether he's going to kill someone or not. If it's his duty to kill someone, he will kill someone. And it's when he's time, if he has to be killed, he'll be killed. That is the harsh reality of being a soldier, is that you give away your right to what I want to do, as opposed to civilians where they can do whatever they want. Civilian can come and go as they want. But if you want to be a soldier of Christ, if you want to be part of this conversation about death, if you want to be part of the conversation about life and about being a Christian, If you do not have the mindset of being a soldier then you're starting off in the wrong in the wrong spot so galatians chapter 2 verse 20. paul got this right paul understood this and in this he said galatians 2 verse 20 i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me anybody survived crucifixion recently anybody going going anyone hands up you see crucifixion was was the end of your life there was no there was no i survived the crucifixion t-shirt going around for you afterwards there was you were dead after crucifixion and paul clearly says i have been crucified with christ Paul did not say, I will one day when I feel like it be crucified with Christ. Maybe tomorrow feels like a good day, but today I've got a few things to do. Uh, I've got to finish building the shed, sorry. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You see, the thing that is that we don't realise as Christians is that we are already dead. We are we are not we are not going to die. If we are going to die, we have missed the whole point of what we are as Christians. We are already dead. We have already taken our lives and said this life does not belong to me. It belongs to my Lord. It belongs to my Savior. And the life that I live in the flesh, this tent, this body, this, this wonderful. Did you guys notice how wonderful this body is? Well, the life I live in this wonderful body, I live for Christ by faith who loved me and gave himself for me. We are bond servants, and that makes a huge difference to the way that we need to approach death. Are you guys still okay? You're all okay? You'll notice there's not a lot of audio-visual stuff, because I do want you to listen to what I'm saying today, because I don't want to be distracted. Pictures of dead people and stuff wouldn't be great, so martyrs and, and stuff. So I, I thought we'd just, we'd just speak to listening to the words. If we learn, turn to the book of Job, chapter 13. Job chapter 13 verse 13 Hold your peace with me and let me speak Then let come on me what may Why do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands Though he slay me yet will I trust him So Job's essentially saying to his friends be quiet shut up I've had enough Be silent hold your peace let me speak give me a break let me have a let me have a go um, for those in marriages it's a good want to use in your wife hold your peace let me speak it's quote scripture there's some hint for you yeah. and then you need to say the next part and let then let what come on me sorry then let come on me what may you know whatever the consequences are let let it happen so job is saying he's saying that it doesn't matter what happens to me why do i take my flesh why do i look at this body of mine and take in my own hands put my life in my own hands and he says though he slay me yet will i trust god and the first thing we need to know as christians is that do we have do we have a trust in god are we able to as in paul said in galatians i live for christ i trust him i have as a soldier my commanding officer is jesus as a soldier whatever whatever order he gives whatever instruction he gives i fully trust him I don't go along like a civilian and say, oh, I don't think I want to do that today. Or do we do that? Is that part of, our, part of the thing that we do as Christians? Though he's flame, yet I will trust him. I had a lovely, lovely lady, 90-year-old lady, coming into my clinic. I'm a radiation oncologist. I treat cancer with radiation. And she came into my clinic with a spot in her brain. And uh, we said, well, it looks like it's a cancerous spot in the brain and you need to have some radiation treatment and i said to her do you have faith that god can heal you and she beamed up and she said yes of course i have faith that god can heal me praise the lord she was a christian i have faith that god can heal me and i said to her and do you have faith if god doesn't heal you and she sat around for a second and she got it you see the the outcome of our faith in christ has got nothing to do with our healing and it's got nothing to do with the outcome or what's going to happen to our body our faith is based in who he is and the goodness of God and so when we, when we look at this problem of death from a Christian perspective is regardless of the outcome do we believe our commander officer our, our chief do we believe Christ are we happy to say I fully trust you when we let go of the trapeze as it's swinging through the air whether there's a net or not do we trust him that he's going to catch us that's the nature of him he does catch us do we have that level of faith so that's the first thing i wanted to point out today is that this body that you have ain't yours belongs to someone else so relax i know it's a good body but relax it belongs to christ the second thing i wanted to talk about in terms of understanding death from a christian perspective is that we are not just made up of body and if we go to 1 thessalonians 5 verse 23 we may see that we made up of a whole lot of different layers. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, your soul and your body be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if we focus just on may my whole body be presented perfect at the coming of Jesus Christ I'm missing out on two other important parts of, of who I am. And our, our body is just one aspect that we, that we think we're going to miss when we don't need it anymore. But there are other things that are important as well, and we'll come to it a bit later. We, important is our soul, and important is our spirit. If your spirit hasn't been made alive, if you have not received the new birth, if you've not been born of the spirit, if this is something you say, I have no idea what you're talking about, translating into another language. I could but I won't. If you have not been if you've not been born of the spirit and you don't know what we're talking about, you have to be born of the spirit. And then your spirit part of this this part of you is gonna be okay. So we don't have to worry about that. That's just easy step we can do later. We'll come to soul, but what about this body? What's this thing our body that we so struggle about and we have so much conflict about when we're gonna die and there's some points that I need to make, some realities to you all. And that is number one. That you are going to die. Sorry, I said it. It's terrible news. You're going to die, and you know it is not. It is not totally your fault. Your great, 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 and we go a long time. Grandfather Adam, he mucked it up way up at the front of you. And before, before then, there was no death. Death was not part of. Death hasn't always been around. It's been, it's, it's, it's been around a very long time, but it wasn't there forever. And in a very weird kind of way it is God's will for us to die in Genesis God clearly said that if you take of this fruit and you eat the fruit you will die there was a clear clear indication about God's will if we disobeyed him by being the tree of the knowledge good and evil if you do this you will die and unto that up to that point things are going pretty well for Adam and Eve they were doing well everything was great the earth wasn't cursed it was a, it was a probably a fun place to be. And then along comes this conse- consequence of disobedience, that if you if you do this, then it is God's will for you to die. So if you, if you say I don't want to die, I'm not going to die, I refuse to die. In a very kind of weird way, you are disobeying, you're being disobedient to what God's plan is, because of what Adam did. So this is a consequence, not totally your fault. I know probably your wife but if but yeah death came along and at the end if we go i was going to read the scripture later we'll come to it later but at the end of the cycle before before death it was good and we've got this big cycle coming around and the point of salvation is at the end the last enemy to be vanquished the last foe to be conquered is death and hades that is the last one, and we get back to a place where there is no death. There is no place of death. And this thing called death is an entity. Death is a, death is a spiritual entity riding on a horse, coming along. And one of these, I wasn't going to say the scripture, but I, I'll mention it. It's in Revelation, it speaks about one of the woes is that people will seek death, and they won't find it. And I've always wondered about that. How do you, I am I want to try and end my life, but it doesn't want to end. Because we need death around to end our lives. We have made living beings and death comes along at the right time to collect, collect us. But there's good news coming along. Don't panic. Don't panic. There's good news. There's a thing called a resurrection. So the first thing we need to know is that we are going to die. Anybody who doesn't believe that, um, come and see me. I've got some examples to give you is um that that we are going to die and the other thing about that is that we are going to die of something so this is the tricky one is that we have to die of something because if we didn't die of anything we wouldn't die we'd be alive if i was in perfect health forever and ever i'm going to be in perfect health forever i'm not going to die something has to break in our bodies to allow us to die something has to stop working the engine has to stop running. I've got to run out of fuel. Something's got to disintegrate to allow me to die, and that's something that Christians struggle with. And I had a friend. Friend said to me, "No, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to be 100% fit, and then I'm going to lie in my bed and close my eyes and die." And I said to him, "No, no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. You're going to be very sick before you die. You have to be critically ill to die. If you're only halfway sick, if you're only a little bit unwell, then you're going to live." You might not feel great but you're going to live, but you've got to become really unwell to die something catastrophic has to happen in your body to die so this is part of the journey for us is to say that i'm I'm going to be unwell we have to accept this as something that will happen and to do this we have to talk about disappointments if we have a expectation an expectation we can meet and we meet it we feel great you know i can I can uh, climb down the steps without falling and if if i fell down i'd be pretty embarrassed and disappointed i can do that and it would be i don't have a big i don't really care about that but if i had an expectation i was going to win a gold medal at the olympics and um, i said well i'm going to get there i didn't get the olympic medal sorry i've mucked this up But if i don't get the olympic medal i won't be disappointed by it because i've got no expectation of it but if I have an expectation of going on the stairs and I fall down I'd, I'd be very disappointed because that's a that's a terrible tragedy that I can't even walk down the stairs if you have an expectation yourself that you're never going to die uh, you are going to be disappointed along the way and your disappointments going to be a great disappointment but if you can say to if you can say to yourself you know one day this is going to happen there's a great snoopy meme where peanuts and snoopy are speaking and uh, Snoopy says to peanuts you know um, one day one day we're going to die and the return is yes that's just one day the rest of the time we get to live and there and there's something there's something in there so we've got all this opportunity to live every day as much as we want the reality is one day somewhere in the future you're going to die don't stress about that day it will happen it'll come and go it'll be like like birth when you got born you didn't stand around when you're getting born and saying oh my goodness oh dear me it's time to get born this is terrible what am i going to do to get born this is oh my goodness what's you know here i am i'm going to go into the uh i'm going to go into the big world where there are people and smells and stuff you don't panic about it too much and at the end of this life we're not going to go from here to something worse we're going to go from here to something better so you are going to die i'm afraid you're going to have to die of something i'm afraid and you're not an exception. You know, Elijah, man, I love him. He didn't die. He went up in the chariot of fire. I think that's gonna be what's gonna happen to me. I can feel it getting, I can feel it getting warm. <laughs> man, this is so exciting. I'm not gonna die. My buddy Enoch, you know, I love Enoch. He was there and then he wasn't there. So watch closely, guys, just in case it's my time to not be here. You're not an exception. You're not an exception. So out of all the people, if there were exceptions to these rules, if there were exceptions, then we would see Christians walking around who are about 250 years old, 300 years old, 400 years old, 1,000 years old. Because if they're able to, if you're able as a Christian to say, I'm going to live because God just keeping me alive so wonderful and long, it's a wonderful thought. God does keep us alive. Does, God does preserve us. That God does heal us. There are no 200-year-old Christians walking around. There's ample pre- evidence around to say that we live 70 years, maybe 80 years, perhaps 100 years, and if you're really unlucky, you live to 120 years. So, so we're not we're not going to be around f- for forever. You're not an exception. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one to two. says to everything there is a season there's a time for every purpose under heaven there's a time to be born and a time to die there's a time that has been appointed for us to die once in hebrews psalm 139 verse 16 your eyes saw my substance being yet for unformed and in your book they are all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them you know, we, we as doctors are very proud of the fact that we can prolong life. We, we, are, we think that we are good at it. But life and death is not really in our hands. And there's a time which is not the right season for you to die. There's a time when it is not the appointment time for you to die. There's a time when you should say, this is not my appointed time. This is not my time to go. God has not called me yet. And there's a reason to say this is not a truth. But there is an appointed time for you to say that your days are up, your numbers up your time's up and there's a purpose there's a time to be born which you all apparently have done and then and then there's a time to die yeah then, then there's a time to die the other thing that is truthful about this hard thing about dying is that it comes with increased frailty you can't get old without getting old if you know what I mean so so some people are unfortunate and their lives end before the time by accident or tragedy. But if we lived long enough, we'd become old and frail. We'd lose, our, we'd lose stuff. We'd lose our, our memories. We'd lose our strength. We'd lose ability to look after ourselves. We don't hear so well. We don't see so well. These are things that happen with frailty, except for Christians. Christians don't become frail, do they? They don't become old, do they? They don't have aches and pains like I Oh, sorry like other people do do they? they they're just fine but no with, with ageing comes frailty and um, you know we read the story of Caleb who was vigorous and strong at what age he Yeah, he was strong in his 80s but Caleb didn't make it to 200 I don't think I don't think he made it at some point he became old and frail King David 1 Kings 1 said now David was old advanced in years and they put covers on him and he could not get warm he moved now to Victoria and could not get warm. He lived in Tasmania. So in, the frailty, in the frailty of his body, as he got old, he wasn't vigorous anymore. He wasn't able to maintain his body heat. He became frail. These are one of the truths about getting old, is that you're not going to be as strong as you used to be. And we have to accept that. This, this truth about it, we have to accept. If we want to survive death as a Christian... The important thing is not to live in denial. And that's the problem that I have with a lot of our views from Christianity is we start on the wrong we start on the wrong framework. We're framing ourselves as civilians and saying, hey, I'm okay, I can do what I want. I'm going to live what I want to. God blesses me, heals me. And all the wonderful promises of God are yes and amen in Christ up to a point. And then we have to say, my life is in his hands as well and I trust him. And the denials that we have denial is a wonderful thing because it allows us to look away if it's happening but the denial that we have in death is to say as Christians I'm not going to die that's a bad denial I'm not going to get sick that's a bad denial I'm not going to get old that's a bad denial I don't have to suffer that's a bad denial those are all the bad things have you guys? are you guys okay with that? are you guys feeling okay? nobody's too distressed I have some good news I have some good news yeah I feel the same 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42, it talks about the resurrection. There's a resurrection coming. You know, the important thing about the resurrection is that resurrection is revival from the from life, no. Revival from death. If you do not die, there cannot be a resurrection. If you want to partake in the resurrection, you have to go through this process of, of death. So also in the resurrection of the dead, the body is sown in corruption, It is raised in in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, The first man Adam became a living being and the last man Adam a life-giving spirit. As much as you love your body and you look after it and you care for it, it is a corrupt body. It is going to be raised in in incorruption. It's going to be a perfect body. It's going to be an improved body. It's going to be a better body than you have at the moment. It's sown in dishonor. It's going to be raised in glory. Your body that you have now, as much as you think it's wonderful, is going to be second rate. It's going to be like the 1982 Nissan that you drive. It's not going to be the shiny new Porsche. It's going to be the old rust bucket that nobody wants to buy from you. That's going to happen. It's going to be raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It is raised in power that as strong as you think you are that this is weakness we have a body that's going to be raised in power there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body and so it is written first man adam was a living being a living being made out of dust the last man adam became a life-giving spirit in dr mary neal's book to heaven and back she was an orthopedic surgeon and a christian and she went on a white water rafting trip and as part of the accident her canoe got stuck at the bottom of a grade five rapid and it got trapped there and she couldn't get out. She couldn't escape and she drowned. And in the process of drowning, she experienced where her soul left her body and she went to be with, with God. And the people that she'd known before in her life of friends her family members who had died came to meet with her and there was extraordinary joy in being reunited, to be with God, to be in this place of complete love and complete acceptance. And completely disappointing for it to say that your time has not come. You have to go back. You have to return to planet earth. The slum of slums. The dump of dumps. The bad place of bads. You've got to go back there after you've experienced heaven. After you've experienced how wonderful heaven is. You've got to go back there. And part of part of what is good news about the resurrection is that we are going to be able to leave this place. And we're going to be able to go to glory because of the resurrection in the second man in christ if we look at 1 corinthians 15 just a bit further on verse 50 now this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption the flesh and blood that you have now your your beautiful body cannot inherit the kingdom of god it cannot inherit it, it can't go with you can't take it with it's not it's not allowed through the pearly gates when you go through your body has to stay on this side not not wanted we will not fall asleep we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye as the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruptible and this mortal must put on immortality he goes on in verse 55 or 54 death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your sting O hades where is your victory the strength of death is in sin and the strength of sin is in the law. But thanks to God, who gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, at funerals, I don't like going to funerals. I avoid funerals, particularly my own. But I don't like going, I don't like going to funerals at all. Because we have this thing that says, Death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? And we have to stop there a little bit to say, that in dying there is tragedy and there's loss and there's emotional grief and there's bereavement and that is normal for us that is normal for us as human beings and to say less and to play it down and say it's not important would be unkind so all of that is going to happen that there will be a terrible sting when death happens and there is a terrible uh, pain when death happens but it it doesn't last so when I asked you at the beginning, what do, you, what do you believe happens when you die? Well, what I be- believe happens when I die is that I'm going to see Jesus. I'm not sure what I'm going to say to Jesus because it will be so overwhelming to praise him, but also to ask him, to thank him, to, to hug him. I'm not sure which... Do I hug him first or do I speak to him first? I'm not sure which way I'm going to do it, but I'm going to be so excited. I'm so excited that I'm going to be meeting with him. And the loss... The loss that we have of leaving people behind the loss we have of saying to my children uh, i'll be seeing you shortly is take it makes it easier to say i'll be seeing you again it's a brief period it's but it's but a flash our lives are about a flash i will see you again and in this is enormous hope in the resurrection is that it's not only for me but it's for everyone who believes in christ and with this hope is to say that we will meet again we'll see you again i'm going to be with the lord i'm going to meet my children again and their children and we are not going to be separated and this terrible thing of grief where we we are torn by the fact that we're saying goodbye it's just for a brief period and if we can understand that in dying we have enormous hope because i don't end at death i just change my body for a new improved version i get a better body i get a new body and i'm not separated from those i love forever because in christ they'll be joining me soon enough there is no sting in death so we have an obligation then to live differently therefore my moving on a bit further on that scripture therefore my beloved brethren because of the resurrection because death sting has been been, uh, pulled out you want to say there is no sting therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord Knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord, we have an obligation to live our lives differently, because if death is not going to be as terrible as it is for the people who do not believe, we have we have hope in us. We can enjoy life, and I want to come back to in a second. We have a, we need a game plan, but I do want to talk just briefly about the second death. You see, we we always only talk about the first death as Christians always people in the world, oh, I'm going to die, but there's a second death that's coming along, and the second death is not meant for—it's not meant for us. The second death is, if we read to Revelations 20 verse 13, uh, we can go a bit, back a bit, um, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Don't get too attached to your real estate; it's going to fade away. Don't don't get too too fond of the house and i saw the dead small and great standing before god and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works and by the things which are written in the book and the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one of them according to his works then death and hades were cast into the lake of fire and this is the second death and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire Death and Hades have served their purpose. We've taken the long, the long loop has come round. Christ has conquered death and Hades. They booted into the lake of fire. Off you go. The people whose name's not in the book of fire, follow along, go with them. That is, that is good news for us, that we have an opportunity to have our name in the book of life. But it says here that the, um, and the dead were judged according to their works. The sea gave up the dead, Hades gave up its dead. Where are the Christians, you guys? Why, why are they not there? Where do we go when we die? So in the parable of Lazarus, in the parable of Lazarus, I didn't put the scripture reference in. In the parable of Lazarus, Lazarus is a is, There's a rich man, and he's got lots of wealth, and he lives a wonderful life and Lazarus is a poor man he's, he's pitifully poor he's got no food the dogs lick his sores and they both die and Lazarus, Lazarus goes up to be with Abraham in Abraham's bosom and the rich man is, goes down to, into Hades and he looks up and he sees Lazarus there and he says to Abraham go along and can he maybe just dip a bit of his, a bit of his finger in some water and put it on my tongue because it's so unpleasant here it's burning me up and Abraham says to him, no, you can't. There's a big chasm it can't be crossed. And we see that at the time of death that there's a, there's a destination we go to. We don't go through the door, uh, go through the door and, oh, where am I now? It looks like, you know, um, Ikea, you're not sure where to follow the passage and so many things to look at and you hope you can get out of there at some point. It's not like that. You're going to be either with the Lord. He talks about Abraham's bosom. You're going to be either with the Lord Or you're not going to be with the Lord. The death gives up, the revelation gives up its dead that are not with the Lord. And on the thief on the cross, when Jesus was being crucified, one of the thieves said to him, Lord, remember me. And he said to him, He said to him, when will you be with me in paradise? Today. Today you will be with me in paradise. When we die, we will not be, it's not the time for the great judgment, it's not the time for the end of all things. But we will be with the Lord. We will be with him where he has place for us before the great judgment. We will be with him. We will walk through the door and say, Lord, here I am. It's so good to see you in person. So are we dedicated to the cause? One of the things that, that, I, that I, if I had to do it, I thought of doing it, but I, I don't smoke, so I can't do it. But I thought of um, getting a cigarette and putting it in my mouth, just to see how you guys would go with that, to see if there'd be a bit of a, an objection if there, and I thought of maybe putting a can of Coke out here because that's another great evil, drinking Coke. And um, the final part I want to say, well, before we get there is to say, we've, spoke, we've spoken about physical death. It's gonna happen. We're gonna be okay when that happens. I want to reassure you it's gonna be okay. That's explained in my book, so I don't want to go through that too much. The fact that we have a resurrection makes us unique as christians that that we are going to be made new and our body is going to be made new and not to hold on to our physical bodies too much because it can't go with there's no there's no space for it on the plane but i do want to come back and i want to talk about this third thing that we get we get mixed up about this a little bit and if you were going to invest your money if you had money to invest uh, you could invest it in in my building fund it's uh I need lots of money. It's not going to make any money. You're going to go bankrupt with it. It's a terrible investment. But you can invest with me because you have free will to invest where you want. Or you can invest in a famous stock that's going to go up and you're going to get many, many millions of dollars back. You see, we as Christians are investing. We invest too much energy and effort into our physical bodies because we are looking after it. Paul talks about our physical bodies as a tent, that is temporary dwelling place, and we're going to be in heaven. We're going to leave this tent behind. And I tell you, the amount of lipstick that my wife puts on her tent, and and, and makeup, and perfume on this tent, it's 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 crazy. But I'm thinking, I'm picking I'm picking on her. That's that's not, you know, I have a good-looking tent. Men are lucky. Men are lucky because they look in the mirror and they just see a wonderful-looking tent, and it. And, and women usually look in the tent and, and they, they just see all the, all the little nicks and the cuts and the stuff. But are we, investing, are we investing wisely when it comes to our bodies? So one of the biggest health, one of the biggest money-making parts in health is just vitamins, just good old vitamins, which you take a vitamin, you drink it, and then uh, the uh, toilet sees the vitamin later, because you don't really need it. If you eat your fruit and veggies, you're gonna be okay. But it's a multi-billion dollar industry that, we are, that we're using all this stuff so that we can look after our tent, make our tent stronger, make it better. We do exercise because we want to live longer. It's important to do exercise. We don't smoke because it's bad for us. But why is smoking bad for us, you guys? Let's see what, who gets the answer. Why is smoking bad? Anybody want to say? is it bad because it's bad for your lungs or is smoking bad because it's bad for your soul? Just quickly question there yeah it's bad for your soul it's bad for your soul because it's something that holds on to you and it it causes bondage in your life the fact that the fact that your lungs aren't going to be great the smoking is well my tent's not going to be great i shouldn't smoke shouldn't be drinking too much coke shouldn't be having too much sugar should be living a good and healthy life there is a responsibility that we have to look after our bodies and i say i say to matilda with the most with all my love is that she has to go to the gym and exercise because I need someone to push my wheelchair around when I get older. So, so, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, good reason, there's a good reason to be healthy um, in that. So, but what about our soul, you guys? Are we, are we looking after our soul? That's something I really want to see if there's an obligation. In 3 John 1 verse 2 it says, Brothers, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. And if we put as much effort into our care of our soul as we do into the care of our bodies, how would that look? How would that look? And I felt I felt it's important to speak about this. Uh, it's a bit of an ouch, but I thought it's important to speak about it because the way that we look after our spirit and we look after our soul is we need to feed it. We need to put good stuff into it. If I If I went on a good diet for months and months and didn't eat or just ate mcdonald burgers there's a documentary about that it wouldn't do me good but if i ate the right food it's good for my physical body how are you feeding your soul what, what has your soul had to eat in the last week um perhaps it was a, a scripture and song or perhaps it was you know three weeks away you, you came to church and darren spoke about something you've forgotten and that's all your soul got and, and it's been doing quite well on its starvation course you guys, you need to read the word of God because that feeds that feeds your soul directly. It's not it's the same as, you know, before you eat into that big beefy's meat pie, think about think about what are you what have you what have you fed your soul with? Have you given your soul a big juicy meat pie or a nice, you know, slice of delicious cake or something because it needs to be fed. And the other thing I want to say is that what are you as much as cigarette smokes bad for your body? there's some things that are bad for our souls and i want to i want to just touch this raw nerve a little bit you know i'm scared of a dentist i'm i'm afraid of dentists So when that little drill's going and and my my tooth's waiting for it i want them to anesthetize my whole body i don't really want to feel my toes when it comes to dental work because when that little thing goes on the nerve there it's dreadful it's absolutely awful so I'm going to do that a bit with you today without being legalistic and without wanting to be terrible. But, you know, as much as cigarette smoke and too much sugar and stuff is bad for our physical bodies, there's some stuff that is bad for our souls. And we, we can't really afford to, um, we can't afford to drink and smoke in the sense that these have bondages on us, but that's bad for our physical bodies as well. But, you know, we need to be careful about what we watch. Grace allows us to get away with some things to say, well, by the grace of God. But, you know, we should not be, we should not be spending too much time looking at pornography. We shouldn't be spending too much time looking at violence and, and stuff. We should not be spending uh, too much time in the occult, saying, look, it's okay to maybe I'll just do a little bit of this, maybe a bit of witchcraft, maybe a little bit of this. And we don't, we don't do it intentionally. We don't go it on purpose to do wrong. We don't do it but it's harmful for our souls. You know, if, you are, if you're doing things that are unkind to your soul, if you don't forgive, if you don't love, if you're walking in hate, if, you are, if you're operating this, do a bit of brush up. Do, do a bit of um, maintenance on the internal part of your body and say, you know, that's not good for me. I think I'll stop doing that. The same as I think I'll stop smoking if that's a problem for you as well. But I don't there's a journey and I really want to say this with love is that we' are on a journey and it's not something to say like you must stop this right now um, but you are you are you are a soldier and you do belong to the captain the captain of hosts you are you are conscripted to military and you don't get your own way just because you're a civilian and I want to encourage you with that and I want to say that this is this is such an important part of our Christianity is to say that I need to be disciplined but not only in my physical body I need to be disciplined in my spiritual walk as well, I need to get up and and do what's important spiritually as soldiers as Christians we do not need to fear death because Christ has conquered death and the king the captain, the lord, our saviour he's going to take care of us through the valley of the shadow of death we need not fear death he will take care of us he promises never to leave us and never to forsake us we do not need to fear death we need to love him and trust him we have to be anxious about not living life we've been given talents let's live our talents let's make the most today what are we going to do is it 84,600, or seconds but it's something like that the whole lot of seconds you get every day tomorrow you'll get them again but some people won't get them tomorrow so with the time that you have today what are you going to do with your life how are you going to live your life how can you bring glory to God how can you be a good soldier for Christ how can you live your life saying these this is my priority my priority is to be a good soldier for Christ and my priority is not to do something else let's not grow weary of doing good let's not do it let's keep doing good it sometimes is tiring to do good, you sometimes want to give up. You're tired of you're tired of carrying the same load, but do it, carry it. Love people, even though you feel they don't deserve it. And let's throw off the things that hinder us and then we may win this prize that Paul talks about. The difficult thing I had about speaking today is fitting everything in that I wanted to say because there's a lot to say, but I think I've said enough. You guys are probably tired of me by now. But I do want to encourage you. I don't want to say that you're different, that you are different and that you've got a great future, that God is waiting for you. He's built a mansion for you. I say to people that are, that are old and have died, I say, well, God, God must. you must have a great mansion in heaven. God's been working on it longer than most. He, he's really getting a great place for you. So that's, that's fantastic. And I don't want to bless you with that thought to say, there's a, there's a fantastic reward for all of you waiting when you meet with God. It is not simply I'm going to go through the door and it's going to be like here. Yeah, it's going to like moving suburbs. There's a wonderful reward waiting for you. The reward is Christ, but there is a reward that comes as well. It is going to be fantastic. There's no point in fearing death. One of the most striking things comments made to me was as Christians it turns out that our last day is our best day because we're going home brothers and sisters may I not go home today but when I go home it will be a rejoicing and I hope to see you all there when I go and we will look back and we will be rejoicing for thousands and thousands of years millions and millions of years with Christ our Saviour that is good news See you next week, next year, next millennium, forever. Blessings.